When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. So much quarterback drama in the offseason. And I can make a sense of a lot of it, except for one situation in particular. We dive into that right now. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Nitzel. She's Courtney Cronin. As we fill in for the guys today, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. So I can understand Aaron Rodgers, and is he going to retire? Does he want to be in Green Bay anymore? I can understand what's happening in Baltimore and Lamar Jackson wanting a fully guaranteed deal. But one of the off-season storylines that I just have not been able to wrap my head around, Courtney, is what's going on with the Chicago Bears. Because Justin Fields, to me, from the outside looking in, had a pretty good year this past year. Yes, there are things that need to happen in terms of getting offensive weapons on the outside to grow that passing game, but I feel like Justin Fields took a pretty significant step forward. And me as a Packers fan, my entire life, we have had a better quarterback, the Green Bay Packers have had a better quarterback than the Chicago Bears. And I am terrified of Justin Fields being a better quarterback than whomever comes after Aaron Rodgers because in the I mean, he's going to be there longer in Chicago than Rodgers is going to be playing for the Packers, even if he comes back to Green Bay this year. So why does this story keep popping up? You, when you're not doing this show, other ESPN radio shows appearing around the horn, do cover the Chicago Bears for ESPN. Why would the Bears be entertaining and thinking about potentially trading away Justin Fields? Well, I think a lot of it is off-season speculation because they are a top five exciting off-season storyline team. Like, throw the teams in there that are always on TV at this time of year. Green Bay Packers, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Um, the Chicago Bears have to be in that mix. I know there are a couple that I'm forgetting about, but all of them have to deal with quarterbacks and all of them have to deal with uncertainty. Now, is there real uncertainty around Justin Fields? I don't think so. And I know that there's a speculation that, well, hey, you can restart the rookie clock if you draft Bryce Young. He was a better, he's a better passer, at least right now. But Justin Fields coming out of college, like I want to squash this notion because we need to, that he's just a running quarterback and that he's not going to be able to develop to have much pocket presence and win from the pocket. He wasn't a running quarterback at Ohio State. Like, go back and look at his NFL.com draft profile, which has every single draft prospect of the 300 that are invited to the combine, those who end up going drafted, those who end up going undrafted. Justin Fields was not this dude ripping off rushing records in college. He can throw the ball. He can win from the pocket. It just depends on what you put around him. So I think a lot of this stems from there being a lot of time between January 9th, the day after the Bears season ended, and what happens at the Combine where Ryan Poles walks in with the number one draft pick and the most salary cap space of any team in the NFL. That gives him a lot of leverage And he has to do his due diligence to look through the quarterbacks in this draft and determine whether anybody is truly an upgrade over Justin Fields. Because you won't find that guy. Not this year. Not with this group of quarterbacks. Like, I just don't see 
the generational talent that, you know, we saw with Trevor Lawrence and that same label applied to Andrew Luck. It doesn't exist with any of the ones expected to go in the first round this year. The only thing I think I can kind of talk myself into, and even then I feel like it's a stretch, Courtney, is anytime you get a new, and because the Bears messed up this timeline and decided to hang on to their old regime for a little too long and allowed that regime to be the one that drafted Justin Fields and essentially waste a year of him being on the rookie deal and letting everybody else go and then bringing in Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus last year, is when you have somebody in control, whether it's the GM or the coach, a lot of times they want to have their guys in there. And Justin Fields wasn't drafted by this current regime. So maybe you, you look at having that number one pick as an option to go, okay, now I can trade away this guy, still get a bunch in return, and then draft somebody that I believe in, that I got to pick. Because there, is, yep. there are egos involved in the front office as well. I still think that that's just, to me, the... It's due diligence. Yeah, it's due diligence to an extent, but... I think you could trade away that number one pick, end up in, you know, still in the top five and get some picks in return because the Bears are a team that have a lot of holes. Yes, I think things are exciting when you have when you think you have the guy in terms of Justin Fields, but they need weapons. They need guys that can catch the ball for him. They have a lot of roster holes that they could potentially plug if they get a nice haul in return for that number one overall pick. Well, here's the thing. We think that they can get a haul for that number one pick, that Ryan Poles can be wheeling and dealing his way through the combine and that, you know, Indianapolis and Houston and maybe Atlanta, maybe Carolina, maybe the Vegas Raiders. There's five teams that I named right there drafting in the top nine of the draft that those teams are going to come to the table and say, Ryan Poles, whatever you want, we want that number one overall pick. I don't think they're going to get offers that blow them away. I do not think that they're going to sit there and say, man, we we control this. We can, you know, drive the price up for a pick that, frankly, this is not the best year to have the number one overall pick. If I had to guess right now, I don't think that they're ending up. I don't think they're going to trade the number one pick because I don't think they're going to get an offer that blows them away because the quarterback quality of picks that would be available, of prospects that would be available to take at number one, they're just not there this year. And it's a spot that you don't ever want to be in, drafting number one overall. It's not, it's not, it's, it's actually like the worst year possible for Ryan Poles to be in the spot. And I think they end up staying at number one, keeping Justin Fields at quarterback and drafting a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter with that pick because it would not be an overdraft because those defensive players will end up gone by top five. What do you, so you, do you think they could get more? If they were to trade one of those assets, the number one overall pick or Justin Fields, what do they get more for? Is it Fields? You would get more for Fields in a heartbeat because they're like, here's how this whole thing's going to work out. Free agency will happen, but the lead up time to free agency is when people are weighing their options. Can we get involved for Derek Carr in, in whatever that may lead to if you're a team that is looking for a free agent veteran quarterback? How much would it cost to get Carr versus Justin Fields in a trade? When you juxtapose those two, it, J- Jared Carr might end up being the cheaper of the option. Now, it could take two first-round picks to get Justin Fields, and that's okay if you have the draft capital to spare, but if you believe he's a top-ten quarterback. Carolina is a team that I constantly think about when thinking, what are they going to do at the quarterback spot? Do they really want to trade all the way up from 9-1 to and know how much that would take, or do you want to go ahead and take a 
in a way, proven quarterback, at least in terms of his rushing ability in the NFL. You know he's a playmaker. Does he need to get better as a pocket passer? Yes. Well, what happens when you put him behind a formidable offensive line and actually give him weapons to throw to? You have two of those things, and Nicky Aquanu, who they drafted last year, and DJ Moore, who's still on your roster, for Carolina. They have a great young core. He would thrive in a situation like that, but it would cost probably more to get a Justin Fields if you're a team like Carolina, then it would be to trade up to get the overall overall number one pick. Just knowing the options that you have there at quarterback are not as good in his previous years. Yeah, it's I, I can't make it make sense because again, I love the, the potential that Justin Fields has shown. And anybody who wants to point out, but well, what about the passing numbers? I've seen him, and you, you've seen, of course, a lot more than him of, than most people have. I've seen enough in terms of the really good throws that he's had to make that I'm impressed. And if the Bears ever get actual weapons around him, you know, I mean, picking up Equinemius St. Brown from the Green Bay Packers and making him your number two wide receiver isn't making, you know, you're not using that as a priority. You're not prioritizing that right now. Maybe they start to build that up this offseason. But if they get him actual weapons, that Bears offense, to me, could be incredibly dangerous. And I, I, I just do not see them moving on from Justin Fields because he has shown too much promise and too much potential. No, and you bring up a good point about the receivers. They have $100 million in salary cap space. I don't think that they get a number one for Justin Fields via the traditional route of free agency. I think they're going to have to pull off a trade. And whether it's for a DeAndre Hopkins, a Devontae Adams, whether they end up in the mix for Keenan Allen, potentially, from the Los, uh, from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, that's probably the best way for them to upgrade his receiving core because you have Chase Claypool, who they traded for last year at the deadline, sent a second-round pick to Pittsburgh in the process. He hasn't panned out yet. He has to pan out this year. Darnell Mooney's coming off of ankle surgery. How is he going to look when he gets back out there? It's slim pickings right now around Justin Fields. The cupboard's bare. You've got to fill that cupboard via free agency, via trades, the draft, whatever you can get your hands on. Because you can't put him through another situation like he was in last year and expect him to succeed. It's just not possible. No, it really isn't. You need him to, to show up that offensive line, find a way to get as many weapons around him as quickly as you can if you are the Chicago Bears. Coming up, Eric Bieniemy talks about leaving the Chiefs and has a response to some criticism that came flying at him from a former player. We'll get into that after Courtney tells you about Wendy's. Oh, and I am excited to do this. When you want the best deal on the best meal, choose Wendy's, two for six bucks. Now, you can pick two from some of Wendy's best menu items, including the Dave Single, made only with always fresh, never frozen beef, the spicy chicken sandwich, 10-piece crispy chicken nugs, or a medium strawberry lemonade. Pair any two for just six bucks. That's a Dave Single and spicy chicken sandwich. How much? Six bucks. Spicy chicken sandwich medium strawberry lemonade six bucks strawberry lemonade 10 piece nugs you already know what it is six bucks even a dave single with another dave single are you tired of me saying this already because i'm getting tired of reading this thing six bucks wendy's two for six bucks deal only lets you pick the meal you want at a price you want swing by wendy's today to get the best deal in fast food choose wisely choose wendy's two for six bucks for a limited time price and participation may vary at u.s wendy's a la carte only single item at regular price 
I think that Eric Bieniemy also recognized that maybe it was time for him to move on. I don't hear many of his players come out talking about how great he is. They, they give him cursory like compliments or whatnot, but I don't ever hear anybody say that this team could work because of him. Life has never been fair. Has it been fair to Eric Bieniemy so far trying to get a job as a head coach? No, but hopefully he can be successful in Washington and he'll finally get an opportunity to become a head coach. He's one of the more recognizable names in terms of offensive coordinators in the NFL. I don't think that most average fans know most offensive coordinators across the league. But his name has been mentioned so much to potentially be a head coach. You know his name. It's Eric Bieniemy, the former offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, who today officially became the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. He's interviewed a lot of times for a lot of different head coaching positions, has never gotten them. And I'm sure one of the criticisms he's gotten has been, well, he never called the plays in Kansas City. In fact, that was a criticism that was launched at him by a former player in LaShawn McCoy. And McCoy uh, on FS1 said, what's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? Problem is, a lot of these people go on social media saying he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all. When the plays are designed, that's Andy Reid. So that's criticism from a former player in LaShawn McCoy. But the enemy got to address that and so much more. And he began his press conference today talking about why he left Kansas City. And it was because he's looking for a new challenge. In 10 years, we've had a great deal of success. All right. For the, fa- for the past five years, I've been the office coordinator. We've had a great deal of success. It's been 10 years. I was blessed and fortunate to have that opportunity and share that space with some amazing people. OK. But one thing in this profession you learn, comfort is the enemy of progress. OK. So when it's all said and done with, I don't like being comfortable. So I'm about accepting challenges and moving forward. So this presents a challenge to me. All right. Also, it presents a challenge to come and work with such a great head coach and a head man. But on top of that, I'm willing to embrace this journey. Okay, And my job is to embrace this journey with the people that are in this building right now. And while this on the surface and, and somebody in my office who works in the sales department asked me, why is he making this lateral move? It's not a lateral move, Courtney, because I am convinced some of the feedback he has received when he's gone on these head coaching job interviews is, well, he doesn't call, you don't call the place. So now he has that opportunity to fully take an offense and make it his in Washington. Yeah, and I understand what he's saying about the new challenge. And he has been in Kansas City for 10 years. He wants something else. Clearly, he wants to become a head coach. Otherwise, why would you have interviewed for all these jobs over the years just to not get them? So it's a challenge, but it's also his only ticket to doing so, to get out it from under the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes offense in Kansas City. And it's unfortunate because there have been others who had to do less to be able to get head coaching opportunities. But this is what we're dealing with now. We've moved past the outrage, at least in terms of the initial part of like, well, why isn't he getting these head coaching jobs? He just took a job with the Washington Commanders to be their assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. Now 
He has a chance to take this offense, which has Sam Howell currently at quarterback. Hopefully, he'll get involved in those conversations because Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. He's going to let Eric Bieniemy handle the offensive side of the ball, figure out what the heck they're doing in the draft, what they're potentially doing in free agency, get somebody in there and turn this thing into a viable product that's going to make him look more attractive as a head coaching candidate in the future. It seems like to me... He's taking a calculated risk on himself that he could potentially shoot to the top of a lot of people's lists if he can get that offense rolling. Now, they have some weapons, certainly. Jahan Dotson as a rookie. Terry McLaurin is is one of the better receivers in the league. They've got some weapons on the outside. If they get the right quarterback, the right engine for that offense, I think he can turn it around quickly. The last few years, the defense hasn't been the issue for Washington. They've got a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. It's the offense that slows them down. They just can't score enough points, even if the defense plays well. And playing well in the NFL means holding an opponent to 20 points in 2020. 23. They couldn't win a lot of those games because the offense can't generate enough points. If he gets that offense to even above average, just on the cusp of being a potential top 10 offense, I think his name just shoots to the top and you go, oh, okay, look at what he can do when he's in charge of an entire offensive room. Look at what this guy can do. And he'll just be one of the hot names for a head coaching job in the offseason of 2024. Absolutely. And then you won't have to prove anything else. You know, all of this stuff about, oh, he interviews poorly. Oh, his players don't like him. Well, those things have been squashed. I mean, you can watch today how he how he came across in his press conference. You heard a little bit there. And you can see the outpouring of support that players like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, guys that he helped coordinate the offense for. He may not have been calling plays, but you're doing all of the groundwork during the week. Now you now you do all of that no questions asked. And I think that that's a it's unfortunate again that this is the step that he had to take to get there, but that's what it is and frankly there will be no more questions asked after this year if he can right the ship with this offense in Washington. And, you know, there's a lot of good pieces they can build around. Just take it a step or two further and then see what happens with him in these head coaching opportunities. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be in surprisingly a decent spot. If they find a good enough quarterback, I, I like the weapons they have in Washington, and I think Biennemi can get that offense going in what should be a tough division in the NFC East next season. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, we're going to continue to talk about, well, one of the biggest fans of the Washington Commanders. That's Kevin Durant. And a Hall of Famer had some thoughts on the legacy of KD. I'll tell you what he said. And if he's right, coming up next, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. NBA picking their season back up tonight. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Nutzer. She's Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys today. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. But of course, the league's still buzzing over Kevin Durant's on the move. Could be playing with the Phoenix Suns for the rest of the season. And he could make his Suns debut as early as Sunday when they travel to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. A game you can hear right here on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. The game starting at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. But Charles Barkley had some interesting things to say about Kevin Durant. And Charles is always... Never shy to give his opinion. That's what we all love about Charles whenever he puts himself out there. And here's what he had to say about Kevin Durant. For old guys like myself, he's going to have to win a championship on his own before we give him the respect he thinks he deserves, Sparkley said. It's not just me saying this. LeBron said he had to win a championship without Wade. Kobe said he had to win a championship without Shaq. Players see it differently than media or fans. Is this fair criticism, Courtney? Eh. He's going to get this wherever he goes because of what he did the first time around, leaving Oklahoma City to go to Golden State, winning two titles with the Warriors, and then leaving there to continue to go ring chase, teaming up with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and the biggest what-if in NBA history. So I I just don't know. I, I feel like Kevin's kind of got a target on his back because of who he is, because he is, you know, very vocal in terms of f- biting back at people who like, you know, Charles Barkley, who is, you know, for a while made, you know, a career the last couple of years off of like tormenting Kevin Durant with some of these comments. Remember the bus rider comment last year and they made a whole <laughs> bit out of it on, on uh, the NBA on TNT broadcast, which is absolutely hilarious, by the way. But he's just an easy target for all of this criticism. I don't think that Kyrie Irving gets the same sort of like you're going to Dallas to ring chase sort of, you know, criticism or anybody else. I just... I don't I don't know that it's fair because it feels like Kevin Durant's the only one that most times gets catches a lot of heat for this more than other players. The one thing that I will say about ring chasing, like I get it. Like all everybody talks about is right now when it comes to elite NBA players and in the NFL quarterbacks, well how many championships do you have? How many rings do you have? So if that's how your legacy is now going to be measured in 2023, why wouldn't you try to ring chase? But then now, and, and you're right, like Katie's the only one facing the scrutiny of, well, he didn't win it the right way. He decided to leave OKC, went to Golden State, won two. They didn't even need him. They won one before, they won one after, and that ends up becoming the narrative around Kevin Durant. They, if, if we always talk about, Okay, these you know, winning championships is the ultimate thing you can do as a competitor. 
I don't have a problem with a guy ring chasing. There are other things I think you can criticize Kevin Durant for, maybe the way he's gone about it, but I'm not taking credit away and going to sit here and go, well, I mean, he only gets a half credit for both those championships because he went to somebody else's team and now he has to win one where he's the guy yeah. on a team. It's because the fully formed core was already there. And even Durant has spoken out about what happened with the Golden State Warriors and kind of his, you know, end there and the fallout between himself and Draymond Green and that he always felt like he was the ancillary piece that those three, Clay, Draymond and Steph, had already had something built and that he never really could crack in to it and be the guy. So I I can understand his frustrations there. I don't think it's fair to say that he's continuing to ring chase. He's, you know, because I know he's going to get that lobbied against him with the Phoenix Suns. Like, what is he supposed to do? Do you want him to go to like a terrible team where is it's impossible to to for, where, yeah, where it's impossible for him to, you know, win a title. Like that's just dumb. It's dumb logic. It, it's like taking any sort of job. You're not going to be like, Oh man, I'm going to take less money and go to a worse situation so I can prove myself. Nobody does that. And I think in sports, we don't, you know, we, we, we constantly move the goalposts for different people and say, oh, well, they're ring chasing because you don't like their personality. You don't like what they stand for. And then the easiest low hanging fruit is to say, oh, well, he's ring chasing. He couldn't have done it on his own. He tried to do it on his own in Brooklyn, but the circumstances that were stacked against him were out of his control. So he's now going to a place in Phoenix where they do have a great core. Devin Booker is, you know, a budding superstar. Chris Paul, at this stage of his career, is still an excellent point guard. Like, there's a lot of things that are in place here. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Like, let's not act like Kevin Durant's going to Phoenix, coming off of a knee injury, and this is going to be, oh, let's just coast to a championship. I was here for a couple months, and now I won, like, a ring. No, that's that's not what it's going to be at all. It's very difficult, and we need to stop knocking the level of difficulty because people are sour that he went to one team over another. I guess I just don't see that much difference in his career arc versus somebody who we still celebrate today and is on the NBA and TNT broadcasts with Charles Barkley and Shaq. Like Shaq went from Orlando. They went to a finals in Orlando. It didn't go well for the Magic when they went to that finals against the Houston Rockets. He realized, didn't think it was going to happen there, so he went out to the Lakers. He teamed up with Kobe, who was a young player and wasn't Kobe Bryant at that point yet. He was still a young, ascending player. They win their three-peat. He bounces out of there, goes and wins another title for the Miami Heat and ends up with four total. I, I just don't see that much difference. And yet Shaq wasn't called a ring chaser. No. Was he in, in, in the early 23 years ago now or whenever he decided to go play for the, the Los Angeles Lakers? I mean, he wasn't accused of being a ring chaser be, despite being on the move in the prime of his career. I don't know why, like back then, when it was supposed to be the rough and tough era of the NBA and, of course, LeBron James gets all the criticism that you'd never be able to stand up to the 90s Pistons like Jordan did and get his ass kicked all the time. Like, it, Yet ring chasing was not considered a thing back then. When you think about how teams were formed, it absolutely there were absolutely free agent acquisitions and trades that were put into place that created super teams. I don't I I just think that today's today's NBA and the way that teams are formed really rubs the old generation in a wrong way. And it's unfair that it's like this, but 
this is, you know, all the more motivation for Kevin Durant to go out and do what he is setting out to do in Phoenix and win a championship, not just this year, but the next couple of years. You heard Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, kind of a weird quote, but he talked about winning a championship in the next couple of years, he actually gave himself all of the odd years. I don't really know why they're trying to go like the opposite <laughs> of what the San Francisco Giants did in winning in 10, 12, and 14. But apparently he's like, you were going to win one in 27 and then one in 29 and then one in 31. But all of that said, Kevin Durant now has a part to be a part of something long-term where he'll have the stability with the core that he's around. Sure, Chris Paul will retire eventually, but there's a young group there. And if he can be the centerpiece still playing as like a top five player at this point of his career, I you know, I think that he could end up winning more than one in Phoenix. Yeah, and, and maybe people like Charles will get off his back because this was a Phoenix team that could not get over the hump against Milwaukee a couple of years ago, and maybe he ends up being that missing piece of the core that's there to get them over the top and get them a championship. But it also has me thinking, Courtney, uh, with Charles Barkley saying he thinks that KD needs another championship for his legacy, who else in sport do you think needs a championship to kind of cement that legacy or take that legacy to that next step? Triple eight seven two nine three seven seventy six eight eight eight. Say ESPN if you want to join on that conversation. Do you have anybody off the top of your head? You know, I think about the best that never won a championship. Like, and the first one that comes to mind for me is Randy Moss. I don't know why, if that's just like my recency bias, having covered the Minnesota Vikings, but given how good he was as a wide receiver in the NFL, all the guys that came after him trying to emulate him and the fact that he never won a championship, that one just sticks out to me. I I think there's a lot, though. Like, in in the NBA, there's, there's several that come to mind. I think, you know, in the current day and age, you know, what? it would mean for not necessarily a singular player but what about the Clippers winning a championship bringing their first one home to that franchise as the stepchild of you know everybody in the crypto.com arena like they they've been banished as the bandwagoner team where we still talk about Billy Crystal being their biggest fan so I I think that there are a lot here. I know that we're excited to get your calls on this. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. I mean there's there should be some really good ones here. So coming up next, we'll get to your calls, and we may be talking about a big win for a program at College Hoops, but there's a very dark cloud hanging over it. We'll dive into all of that coming up next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Who are athletes who really need to win another championship ring or win their first championship in sports? Kind of spitting off some comments made by Charles Barkley about how he believes that Kevin Durant needs to win a championship on his own to get the respect that Durant believes he deserves. We're talking about this on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Courtney Cronin, filling in for Canty and Carlin today. And you can join this conversation at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Athletes who really need to win 
another ring. We go out and start this with Timothy in California. Timothy, you're on ESPN Radio in Canty and Carlin. Hey, guys. So I was thinking uh, probably a first-timer would be Damian Lillard. I would think he would need a championship. And then also Embiid at the same time. And then for the NFL, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he would need to win one more just to cement his legacy as a to be in that category with Brady and all them. Even with um, even with Patrick Mahomes, I think he needs to win one more as far as um, Aaron Rodgers to be in that category with, with Patrick Mahomes as well. Yeah, appreciate the call, Timothy. And that seems, Courtney, Aaron Rodgers is always a popular name because he's only got the one Super Bowl. And I feel this is where the Tom Brady effect really comes in, where Brady just ruined the curve for everyone else because he has seven championships. Like, I remember in the 90s when Steve Young finally won that Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. Like, oh, he finally got one. He's a part of the club. He's in. And that, like, cemented his legacy. I don't remember anybody in 1999 going, oh, man, Steve Young really needs to win another one to really, you know, back up the one that he won. Mm-hmm. five years previous but because Brady came along and made it seem so easy when you're stuck on one it seems like you have to get a second one in order to elevate yourself and get on that Peyton Manning level who has two yeah now Patrick Mahomes having two the only active quarterback who does everyone else is going to be chasing him to try to get their first one like the Joe Burrows of the world the Josh Allens like of his quarterback ilk but the others in the NFL the Russell Wilsons the Matthew Staffords those are the guys that probably won't ever get to the Patrick Mahomes level of having two there's one thing I did want to bring up though because I thought Timothy's point was was tremendous about Damian Lillard like Dame had something on his Twitter last night like somebody like was you know clowning him and Bradley Beal that they're living proof that being loyal doesn't win you anything and Dame clapped back at that and saying that the loyalty thing you know it's you know it's won him plenty But it hasn't won him a title. I mean, he can stay in Portland for as long as he wants. I don't think that that is – and I remember saying this covering the Warriors, even when that team was a lot better when they had C.J. McCollum and more pieces than they currently do – that's never going to be a team that he wins a championship with. And I think that he's resigned himself to believe that. And same with Bradley Beal. Staying in Washington's great because it's home and, you know, that franchise means a lot to you and and he got the big deal. But – that's you're not going to win unless like you have to be strategic about where you go at certain points of your career because you can't play forever, right? Like you just can't. Time is undefeated and you don't have forever to win a championship. So choosing the loyalty route, even for Damian Lillard, it's staying in Portland, it's you know, not finishing his career, you know, for one or two seasons with the Golden State Warriors back home in the Bay Area. I think that comes at a cost of winning a championship. Like if and, and guys end up who who end up doubling down on this and never feel that they can go back on what they said initially, that's what costs them. And that's what I think with Dame, like I would love to see him win a championship. I do think he needs to win a championship. Has he won, you know, the public support throughout the throughout the NBA and and become a face of the league without winning one? Yes, but he's not going to make the Hall of Fame from that. Like even with as good as the like is um easy as Non-restrictive as getting into the NBA, the Naismith Basketball, Basketball yeah. Hall of Fame. I don't know if Damian Lillard will get in without a championship. Yeah, he's in. I mean, he made the All NBA. Yeah, he's in. He made the All NBA 75th anniversary team, and like the, again, it doesn't take much, as you mentioned, to get into the Naismith Hall of Fame. Like because they count your college career, anything you did, sure. in international basketball, Olympics, that all sort of thing. I think Dame's in because he's one of the better shooters in league history, and. 
I, so I, I guess where I come down on Dame is, to me, he's never going to enter, while he made that All-NBA 75th anniversary team, he's not going to enter the conversation of being one of the top 15 to 20 players in the league, in, in league history. And when you start parsing that, that's when those championships really start to come into play. Like, anytime you want to have the old MJ or LeBron conversation, that's when the rings, you know, that's when the rings uh, argument always comes out. But I don't think Charles Barkley's career is, uh, you know, incomplete because he doesn't have the championship. I think he was such a great player that even though he got close a couple of times, just couldn't get over the hump. I'm sure he would obviously love to have one, but it's not like you can't be an all-time great without having that champ, you know, while you're still zero in the ring column. I hear what you're saying. And I mean, that's, he's not, these are not the only examples of that. Like, I think that there's multiple ones throughout the NFL that, you know, that, you know, play into this too. I mean, I, when you were asking me last segment just about the ones who never won and who came to mind, I mean, Ken Griffey, right? Like, is that one in baseball, like one of the all-time greats who never won? I feel like it happens so much in baseball, though. Like, because baseball, I think we look at it where the quarterback, because you brought up Randy Moss, and I feel like we don't have that conversation with any football players outside of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Like, nobody Even Joe though it's Thomas, the ultimate team sport and it takes, yep. you know, all 22, mm-hmm. we only have it with quarterbacks, which is why I was trying to think outside the box on that, because Moss is one. I guess when your, like, persona is so synonymous with the current NFL structure and there's an adjective about, him in in playing the receiver position and you got mossed and you know you have all of that stuff but you don't have a ring that makes me it's not like taking anything away he's 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 in the hall of fame for for crying out loud but he doesn't have that title to his name but we only seem to really criticize quarterbacks for not getting that yeah it's a hundred percent it's a hundred because it, look at Joe Thomas, who's going to be one of the headliners of this upcoming uh, NFL Hall of Fame class. Played for the Browns his entire career at left tackle, and nobody hold you know nobody's holding that against him. Still gets celebrated as one of the greatest offensive linemen in the history of the sport. And the same thing I think with defensive players. Like nobody holds it against those defensive players. If you never, it's only the quarterback position. And I feel it's only NBA players because like Mike Trout in baseball. If you want to go back to that, Mike Trout, we've been told has been one of the best baseball players for the better part of a decade and hasn't sniffed even postseason, like barely gets into postseason appearances with the Los Angeles Angels. Coming up next, we'll uh, get to a program that picked up a big win. Dark cloud hanging over it, though. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.